0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you today. I trust that this will be a blessing to you, and I thank you for joining me. Today, we're going to continue in our Wilderness Man at the Jordan study of John the Immerser, and we want to look today at Lesson 13, Mark. Now we've been talking about John and his ministry and how he fits into God's redemptive plan and how he connects with Jesus. And in the last couple of episodes, we looked at the meeting when Jesus comes to John and we also looked at the movement, meaning the transfer that occurred at that meeting when Jesus was baptized. Now we're going to look at God's stamp of approval on his own son as the newly installed great high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek by seeing the mark, if you will, and how God made his choice evident. Now, the mark, I want to explain what I mean by this. In the Greek language, they used this word to signify a stamp of ownership, loyalty, approval, etc. There is a couple of different usages of this Greek word in the New Testament. One is in Revelation 13 to 15, speaking of the mark of the beast and a loyalty or allegiance or a pledge that's given in that situation. There's another that means to pay attention to. In other words, it speaks of the end goal or the aim to be looked at and focused on. In regard to Jesus' baptism, The word for mark that I'm using here to discuss this, that word is not used anywhere. But we do have a special approval that was verbal, visible, and audible from God the Father that marks his own son here, drawing attention and focus to him as the end goal, the aim and also stamping his approval upon him in no uncertain terms. And although the Greek word for mark is not used here, this is why I'm calling this episode the mark. It's not officially in scripture called this, but it fits the meaning of the scriptural use of mark for a stamp or sign of approval, ownership, authenticity, and the goal, and the one to be focused on. We do find in scripture the highest approval and stamp of authenticity that anyone could ever receive, given to the Lord Jesus Christ as he comes up out of the water of his baptism, leaving no doubt as to God's view and God's choice. So let's take a moment and review the scriptures that speak of this. First of all, I want us to read Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then Mark writes about it. In Mark chapter one, verse nine through 11. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then Luke in Luke chapter three. Beginning in verse 21, it says this, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. And then in John again, In John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So notice all four of the Gospels record Jesus' baptism. All four concur to his baptism. All four concur to the revelation to Israel of the Messiah, that he is the Messiah. And all four speak of this stamp of approval given to the Messiah when this transfer of priesthood occurs, approving and accepting this transfer of priesthood at his baptism introducing the Messiah on the scene to the Jews at his baptism. Father God himself issues the approval, stamps his approval, and secures and seals its authenticity. Notice that the Trinity, the triunity of God, is all involved in this baptism of the Son of the living God. Jesus is the Son undergoing the baptism receiving the transfer of priesthood and consecrating himself to serve as high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek and offering the sacrifice. He is officiating at the service and offering the acceptable sacrifice at the time that he will be crucified. And so he is consecrating himself now to serve as priest, to offer himself as the acceptable sacrifice. At his baptism, we also see God the Father speaking, boldly proclaiming, this Jesus, this same Jesus, this one here, is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we see the Holy Spirit involved, descending on Jesus like a dove and remaining on him. Exactly like Isaiah prophesied, in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Note the details that Jesus came from Nazareth. He was the branch from Netzar, the town named for the branch, named for the Netzar. He was baptized and anointed by the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the priests had to be anointed by holy oil in the tabernacle and in the temple, that holy oil that was commanded for them to make for the holy things of God. Now Jesus is anointed by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit now remains on him, consecrating and anointing him as high priest forever. All four of the Gospels concur with these facts concerning Jesus' baptism. Jesus received, in essence, a mark, so to speak, or a stamp of approval and authenticity from God the Father and from the Holy Spirit at his baptism. The Jews sometimes have stumbled at the concept of the Trinity and sometimes have misunderstood and believed that Christians serve three gods. But no, we do not serve three gods. Our God is one. We believe in the Shema. We believe in the one God. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want to read that because it is the beloved Shema of the Jewish people. And it is ours as well. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 and 5 says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The Lord our God, beloved friend, is one. He is one God. He is Ekad, which actually means a unified one, one within himself. Some have said it's unity in his diversity. One God revealed in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God revealed in three persons. This is evident even in many other places through the scriptures. Genesis 1, 1, and 2, for instance. God the Father spoke. God the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters involved in creation. And God the Son created everything. This is confirmed by John the Apostle in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It's confirmed by Paul the Apostle in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 18 and in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9, and it's confirmed by the author of the book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 through 3. Also in the Hebrew scriptures, God is referred to and calls himself El or Elohim, and that also speaks of a plurality within himself. We do not worship three gods, we worship one God revealed in three persons. Similarly, you may consider it and may have heard it expressed as the example of H2O, which can be manifested or can be shown as water, ice, or steam. But all three of those are comprised of the same elements, H2O. Humans, human being, we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 proves That the soul and the spirit are not the same, but they are so close that it takes the word of God and the spirit of God to divide them. So in human beings, we are comprised of a body, soul, and spirit, but we are one individual, one person. It is similar to this. And so we see at Jesus' baptism that God in the entirety of the Godhead in the Trinity is involved. At Jesus' baptism. The Father spoke, confirming, affirming, and approving of Jesus, who is now installed as priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who will not only offer the sacrifice on the cross, but who will be the sacrifice on the cross for all time. We also see Jesus, the willing and suffering servant, the branch from the town of Netzar. Nazareth taking on the eternal king priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, who was a king priest, and the work of the Holy Spirit descending and remaining upon him. Several scriptures speak to this event and give us more understanding of the fulfillment of Jesus Christ at this event, including Zechariah 6.13, in the sense that Jesus is now installed as the king priest. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 through 7. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 110, verse 1 through 4. Psalm 2, verse 7 through 9. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 and 6. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. And Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. And I do want to read this one to you. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So here again, Jesus is fulfilling this. He is the servant, the elect one, in whom God delights, his beloved son. So God in heaven made abundantly clear to all who were there that Jesus is his son, his delight, his pleasure, his servant, his choice, his own. God gave Jesus his stamp of approval and certainly, verbally at least, marked him as the Messiah, transferring the priesthood and the influence and ministry to increase upon Jesus from this point forward. Praise be to God. I pray that this has been a blessing to you and that you can join us for future episodes, Lord willing, of our Wilderness Man at the Jordan study. God bless you today in Jesus name. Amen.